what it is, what it is. Back with pomegranate dreams again. This bro bowl. And as I start every episode, and I'll always acknowledge him and he shall direct our path. Giving our honor to the most high. Who allows me this platform to be able to speak about the things that I love and some things that I don't. But today we're going to talk about somebody that's very, very important to me. It has been since I was in eighth grade, <laughs> and um, which was 2008. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure it was 2008 or 2009. It had been 2008. Um, I was watching 106 in Park after school. And um, I remember hearing this kind of like island vibe. There's a new song of the day. It's like this island vibe. It's real dope. Like, and then I heard this lady's voice, hey. And I heard like this Jamaican accent. I was like, what is this? So I was, this is, which I'll talk about later. This was the beginning of like, me listening to anything outside of like the gospel music that my 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 parents would play in the car driving. I think the um the the gospel radio station used to be like ninety seven point five or something like that, and um we would listen to it and raise real strict so we, that's pretty much all we could listen to, and up until here, I dipped and dabbled in the different stuff but we didn't have like Spotify and all these musical platforms we didn't really have we had cell phones but they weren't as advanced as they are today so it's really hard to get a hold of music especially your style so what you would do was in order to find new music you would really just watch 106 and Park and whatever they would have is what you knew pretty much I was sneaking and watching this shit <laughs> but anyways, it was Jasmine Sullivan, and it was her first uh, single, uh, Need You Bad, that anybody knew of, because, like, after doing research, you know, she had other songs before then, but that's the one that I guess the world figured out about. I remember going to school the next day, and I was dating who would soon be my baby mama, um... <laughs> I was dating her, and I came to school, and we were always talking about music. I was like, hey, listen, it's a girl. <laughs> it's a new girl, and she is amazing, and you got to listen to her. You got to watch 106 in Park. So the next day, that day, which was the next day, went home, got on the phone, and we waiting. We waiting, and I'm like, it's about to come on. It's about to come on. <laughs> and so we on the phone, and... A house phone. <laughs> yeah, house phones back in the day. But anyways, um, we waited, and it came on, and she was blown away also. And ever since then, I've been researching Jasmine and just her upbringing and, like, her start. Like, Jasmine was dope at, like, 14. <laughs> like... She had, the voice was like, it's God-given. 
There's no other way you can explain it. I remember watching her do um the Diana Ross song. Uh, well, it's uh, the Wiz. She did uh, the Home song. When I think of home, I think of a place where there's... And she's young. Like, she's a kid. And she's like, her tone and her timing and her breath control. And even she was running then. She had runs. And then, like, it was... It's ridiculous. But um, she became my favorite. Um, jazz is so she's so dope to where like she got a song called Neverland and it's an unreleased track like jazz's unreleased tracks could be put on the album like especially like uh, uh, in vain, which I still don't understand why she didn't like that song didn't make the album. Her second album, I don't understand. Like, like she wrote "Cry," the Monica song. She wrote um, "Until It's Gone." Like, she's dope, <laughs> and her demos of those songs that she wrote could have been album worthy. Like she, she's really that dope. I don't think she gets the credit that she deserves, in my opinion. Um, I, I, I put her up there with Shaka and Aretha and you know Lisa Fisher. Like the power behind her voice and the sincerity. Like when Jazz sings a song, like you know she done lived that shit. Like. Like, man, it's a video on YouTube of her singing uh, In Love With Another Man. And she got, like, this bodysuit on and looking absolutely fantastic. Um, but it's a part at the end of the song when she's really just talking her shit. And, like, she's killing it. Like... <sighs> With ease. And uh, I knew her uh, Her mother had been dealing with a, with an illness. And uh, she had made music in a minute. Except the Insecure track. And she had another track. Uh, she had another track drop. With this, uh, I think it's a band or uh, a producer or something. But it was... Um, Mm-hmm. What is that shit called? Show that I'm what you need. I'm probably just doing too much, but I can't help the way. Why you just need time? It was a track she dropped, and then she did some shit with. She did that joyful, joyful track, and fucking murdered it. But she hadn't dropped an album since reality show. Which was an incredible album, also with Stanley on it and Mess. Uh, what is it? Uh, Mona Lisa, the masterpiece record, Mascara record. Uh, she got another record on there that was dope as fuck. Um, Forever Don't Last. <laughs> Man, she got so many records on that bitch, but Brand New was 
that's a pocket that Jazz gets into. To, it's so natural for her. And so we ain't really heard nothing outside since that. Man, she dropped the new record, her new single, Lost One. When I tell you she has found herself, like, great artists take time to develop into, like, that legendary status. And she's the, like, I can't wait for the album. Because Lost One, at the beginning of the song, it had me on that vibe of, like, because she kind of switched it. She was real, like, Neo Soulish, the first album. Uh, the second album was more, like, just R&B, like, strictly R&B. But it was real dope, which I feel is her best album, her second album. It was real dope, and it was real, like, thought out. Her third album was kind of more, like, trappish, if you could say. To me, like, the cadences she was using. Um, and I thought she was kind of heading in that direction when she began. When she started the song off, and I was like, okay, this is where she going. And then she fucking <laughs> sold that motherfucker out with the harmonies. Man, I was, man, listen, my brother tell you, the song dropped, and I heard it the next day. I listened to that song. Like, I kept my phone on the whole day with that song playing on repeat on title. Like, it, it's so sincere and it's so relatable. And it's so real and authentic. But it's so... When I think about great female vocalists, great songstresses, um, they always sing to men. That's like, like most of their greatest songs is to men. And I don't know why, but it's, it's real and it's authentic and it's not that fuck all bitch, y'all ain't shit shit. I hate y'all, y'all fuck my life over shit. It's, that shit sells, but when it comes down to love and the love of a woman, which is so strong, it's so strong. And people say pussy love, the love of a woman is, and it, it, I'm 26, so it done took years for me to figure this out. Imagine, like, <laughs> like I understand that people may not understand that. It only I only understand it because I fucked up. So, but anyways, I digress. Um, that feeling of when women sing to men, it's um it's unmatched, and she does it so well. <laughs> like, excuse me, like that song was so dope to me. Like, stuttering, like shit, like that. I, I'm intrigued by it because women don't talk about loving anymore. And that might be my that might be our father's men. That might be their fault. It might be uh, a combination of both. Don't give a fuck. 
at the end of the day, I miss it. I miss the, you don't know my name. And I swear, baby, I miss that shit. <laughs> Officially missing you. You're my angel. I miss that shit, man. Like, I miss women really speaking from the heart about love. And she brought it back. And shit, I know the nigga came back. If, <laughs> if, this, if this song is real life, I know the nigga came back. Ain't no way he heard you singing like that and then come back. But this is an appreciation episode of me holding Jasmine Sullivan in high regards, understanding that she, to me, is my generation's Aretha Franklin. She is my generation's Whitney Houston. She is, and even even in saying that, like it's not many that I, I, I don't just say everybody's like that. I talk about Jennifer Hudson, Fantasia, Leandra Johnson, Layla Hathaway. I talk about them like that, but not many. It, jazz is to me the best at doing it, and I just I love her. And oh, by the way, she has these friends. Um, I think her name is Shanti and Antoinette. They got this uh, podcast called Roundaway Curls. It's dope, especially women that for women that give a fuck about the world and how shit works and shit, fuck, watch that shit or listen to that shit. I don't give a fuck. Like, I fuck with it heavy. And um, go support them. But, like, jazz is dope. <laughs> and I don't know what else to say. I feel like we should give her her flowers now before it's too late. Because at the end of the day, People don't last forever, and forever don't last. <laughs> you need to give her her flowers. She is incredible. She has made music for us. She, that's all I can say. I love you, Jazz, and I can't wait for this fucking stupid-ass pandemic to be over with and you to go out on tour and you to drop an album because I'm going to be in the front fucking row and singing every lyric to every song you sang, because I know every fucking one of them. And if motherfuckers can give Adele Grammys, no disrespect, but if they can give Adele Grammys and they can, she can sell out arenas, jazz should be able to do the same. Because, God damn it, she the greatest. Um, We're going to end it off here. I think I've said enough. I don't want to overdo it. Um, Seek you first the kingdom of heaven, and all these things shall be added unto you. Y'all love somebody today. We out.